We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in Warriors Huddle with me, Bram. No Marcus or Maxime today, but I am fired up to announce that joining me for the first time in Huddle history, a four-year member of Clark Summit University basketball team, a filmmaker who has authored movies on Kobe Bryant, Nikolaj Jokic, and now Steph Curry, along with a bunch of other stars, a YouTube creator with more than 75,000 subscribers and 34 million views, and a guy who was foolish enough to put me in his most recent documentary about Steph Curry, Mr. Trice Hi, What's going on, Trice? What's going on, Brad? I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, of course, dude. I appreciate you joining me. Um, and I tell you what, let's hit the ground running. What got you into sports documentaries? I mean, what was the first thing that had you start up this work? Okay. Um, well, I mean, I've been a, a sports fan my whole life. Obviously, basketball became my love pretty early on, I'd say. Um, so it, it came naturally as far as documentaries go. Like I growing up, loved watching the 30 for 30s, loved watching like sports documentaries and things. I remember like the Fab Five documentary that ESPN did, and I remember uh, several others. And so it is always something that I wanted to get into, but didn't necessarily have the time because of, um, as you mentioned, I played four years at an NCAA school. So I, I with between uh, schoolwork and practice and any kind of social life I could fit in after that, there really wasn't as much time to dedicate to truly putting together a documentary. So I still did YouTube, but on kind of a more of a sports talk, almost podcast type style. And then um, when COVID hit, obviously everybody had a lot more free time. And coincidentally, at the same time, The Last Dance came out on uh, ESPN and Netflix. Mm -hmm. And um, my first idea for a documentary was, well, um, with The Last Dance coming out soon, what if somebody put out a documentary on Michael Jordan's time with the Wizards and released it right when The Last Dance ends and see if people are interested? And so that was kind of my first crack at it. And it was really well received. It got a couple million views in the first in the first month and i was like oh this is there's a there's a market for this but also like this is something i enjoyed doing and i was passionate about so i kind of just dove head first did it surprise you i mean so look uh, the two million on your first view but 34 million collective views and i didn't know that that just started post COVID, post last dance mm -hmm. and i did i mean you'll find that i've done unnecessary research to get ready for this here's point number one you have more views than there are people in fucking Canada. True story. If if literally, if you took every member of, you know, everyone who lived in Canada, sat them down and had them watch a documentary, there would still be less views on that documentary than you have on your YouTube channel. All right. So That's what do you sweet. attribute the success to? Um, does it add any pressure? Like, no, you know, that first video, you don't know who's going to watch. This Steph Curry one, you're on the other side of... Right. Canada's population. Does it change how you make it? Does it add uh, pressure to the actual process? Being a competitor and being an athlete and, you know, enjoying, enjoying that, that uh, aspect of, of sports in general, it kind of taps into that a little bit. It's like, well, uh, let me try to top myself. And so that's kind of, I always want to be able to look back at whatever I put out and say, this is better than what I, what I put out before that. It adds a little pressure where it's like, uh, obviously, for this, for for example, the Steph Curry documentary that's going to be coming out in the series that we've worked on it is something that has followed a similar format to the Kobe Bryant to a similar series wow. and documentary I did on Kobe Bryant a couple years ago, and that surpassed uh, it was like five point something million views. And it's to me, it's like okay, well, the Steph Curry documentary is better. I've put more time into it. I, I've uh, gotten better as a storyteller and as a creator. Obviously 
brought in incredible people like yourself and others to to do interviews. So there's a little pressure of like, well, what if this doesn't reach that level when it should? And so there's a little bit of that. But as far as internally, um, does it add pressure? No, I just believe it, it, it's fun to me. It's like, well, let me try to top this and, and make it even better next time. Uh, I'll be transparent with you. So I'm a psychopath. You'll feel you've knew that because we've worked together and you'll find that out as we record today. Let me give you a sense of how crazy I am because your views put pressure on me, right? So you and I hooked up through Sheed and Warriors World and I'm glad we did. But before I sat down and recorded with you, I didn't know the reach of your documentaries. You know, I had no sense. And legitimately, maybe eight minutes before I joined your recording session, I hopped up on YouTube and typed your name in. And the first thing that came up was Kobe. And it was like 5.7 million, whatever it was. The next seven minutes, I was like, holy shit. Like, I I had no idea what I'd signed myself up for. So I was super fired up. Um, And I'll give you another sense of how crazy I am. And it it fits into the competitive portion. Two of, uh, I think it's five parts of, of this Steph documentary, but at least two are now out. I've watched them. When it first came out, what I did try was just fast forwarded to my parts immediately, just immediately and really enjoyed it and then came back. So, you know, there, there's me showing you how competitive I am, which leads to this, because I wasn't going to ask you this till way down the line. This isn't the only Steph documentary this year, right? We've got the other one on Apple and underrated. Is there a competition in your mind? You know, when that came out, were you watching it kind of like, fuck this piece? I prefer mine. Or are you healthier than I am? Um, I might be a little healthier than you in that sense, mainly because <laughs> man, Steph, listen, I know, I know you have a production company. If you ever listen, man, hit me up because I would lo- absolutely love to do work with you. So I know his people made that documentary. I enjoyed it. What I will say is what took a little pressure off in that sense is when I, when trailers started coming out about that project and I realized how it'd be more Davidson focused. Yep. And yep. then I was like, okay, well, this isn't really going to touch what I'm, what I'm working on. And in the same sense, almost helps because um, anybody who watches that documentary and then comes straight in and watches what we've been able to put together and then what what the full scope of things will be when it drops, um, it's a perfect segue into what I'm yeah, doing. And and true. I touch on Davidson a bit at the beginning of the first part, but I didn't go too in-depth with it because of that documentary being out because at the end of the day, it's hard to top when you've got the man himself hands-on working on it and have interviews and people that he knows. And so... I just wanted to compliment it as much as possible. I love that project. I checked it out. Um, obviously, as part one for my documentary was in production and um, really enjoyed it. I mean, it as you'll learn throughout this interview, like Steph Curry, he, he's been my favorite player for years. He's been someone that I've looked up to as a player, now as a person, just as a fan. And so um, I was. it was just fun to be able to sit back and just enjoy it myself and say, man, like the, the where he's come from and the journey he was on to where he is now is just incredible. How do you pick who you're going to do a doc on? I mean, what, what's that process look like? Because, you know, for example, I know that you did one on Austin Reeves that made me angry immediately. You know, as a certified Laker hater and Warriors fan, it just pissed me off that there was a Reeves doc out there. What goes into the decision making? How do you decide, okay, this is the guy this time and let's see what we can find. Yeah, there's the process is a little um what would be the word un unorganized but also organized. I don't know how a better way to put it. Like there's a method to it, but there's also almost a sense of who's hot at a certain time. Um now there's been times where I've put something out and it's actually lucked out where like a couple of years ago I did one on Devin Booker when they and immediately after it came out, or actually while it was in production, they made their run to the finals and I was able mm. to put it out 
right before they went to the finals and it, it got almost a million views while they were in the finals just because he was just a popular topic at the time. Um, last March, I did one on Caitlin Clark, the uh, women's basketball player for Iowa. She was having a great tournament run and wanted to capitalize on that a little bit, but also tell her story. So, um, a little bit of, a little bit of, uh, cultural relevance goes into it, but also, also some personal preference. Are there some people that I do things on such as maybe a Vince Carter and Allen Iverson, or recently did one on Carmelo Anthony and Allen Iverson's time with, with the Nuggets, just, uh, kind of niche stories that maybe aren't told as often now but people like to reminisce about and go back and 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 feel that nostalgia so uh some of that goes into it It, it's really there's a method to it but it's a lot of it is fluid based on the current landscape of of the world of basketball since that's kind of our central focus right now um but yeah it, it I I always have fun kind of go. I have a kind of a future production schedule. It's an idea of what's Mm. next and what's coming up. And I like looking at it and being excited about kind of what stories are going to be told and things like that. It's always fun. Make this specific to this Steph documentary. What led you to Curry this time? You know, what started this project? Okay. So when I, from the minute I made the the first documentary or even long before that, um, This project was kind of my idea of a holy grail project for me. It was something that was intimidating because he is my favorite player and I've followed his career so closely. And it was something where I was like, could I do it justice at this point? Is this something I want to wait years down the line when I have connections to to interview Steph himself or sure. something like that? Like, And that's not out the question either. But something about this moment in time, it was kind of like, um, no, I'm ready to tell this story now. I... I appreciated the amount of research and things that I was able to put into it, the amount of the people I was able to get in contact with to do interviews and things. And it it really just kind of fell into place where I was like, you know, this is something that I'd always looked at as like something I would want to do down the line once I'd established myself in a career. But I was like, you know what? No, now is the time. There's a story to be told. and, And I was just excited to dive into it. The footage you got is incredible. Um, so here, let me, you know, jokes aside, let's take care of a hanging Chad for me. The underrated documentary was great. Steph, if you happen to be listening, we could not be larger fans. And I uh, I brought up that other competition thing just out of jokes. Yeah. But I will point out, man. So my relationship with Steph really comes through his Warriors days, you know, not necessarily Davis. And I was aware of what was going down, but as a, 40-year fan of this team, it kind of starts and ends with where he was here and your documentary and the footage that we get to kind of relive while, while you know, sitting back and enjoying it is just gold. Um, so what, what's the process of getting that footage? Because you got, I mean, I'll give you an example. Uh, if I'm remembering right in that first one, you have footage of Steph on his way down to the draft floor. And you can tell he feels a little bit uncomfortable and it feels like a home video. Where do you get that stuff? Yeah, I mean, what was very fortunate about about Steph Curry in general is that he's had so many cameras and eyes on him really from day one, just because of his run at Davidson and, you know, his status when he got to the league. So there was an abundance of footage and things. Now, a lot of this footage, especially of like, and we'll talk about the kind of what the documentary has been later, I'm sure, but like certain footage of like the Warriors pre-Curry, early 2000s Warriors footage is not easy to come by online. People are not watching that. And so it's it's very hard Sometimes you've got to do a lot of digging. I'm talking about getting into the 
25, 26 page of YouTube searches to find some of that footage. But um, it's always kind of fun when you do find that piece of footage. You're like, this is what I've been missing. This is what I need. So um, it, it's a it's always a lot of digging that goes into finding the right pieces. But when it all comes together, it's it's a great feeling. Tell us about it. What's the documentary about? I mean, just give us an overview. Right. So um, as of now, the first two parts are out and available on the channel. Um, the first part's about his first from, well, let me let me back up even more. The first part is actually, and what the project has turned into is more than just about Steph, about kind of the resurgence or ascension, the rise of the Warriors themselves from where they were. And it was really important to me to be able to paint the picture in, in your interview and as well as the others who are not only media personalities in the Warriors world, but also fans of the team sure. were able to paint the picture that was important to me of showing one, how loyal the fans, the fans were to the franchise prior to Curry arriving, but also just the absolute depths that the franchise was in before Curry arrived. And you guys articulated it perfectly. And I was able to capture that. And I really, that might be my favorite part of the first document of the first project is just the way it starts, how, it opens up with the Warriors being where they were and kind of immediately goes into, well, this kid from Davidson is going to change everything. And um, so the first the first part is about uh, from Curry's rookie season all the way to his third season, 2013, kind of showing a glimpse of of uh, the year that he showed a glimpse of what he could become and kind of gave the Warriors that first playoff hope. Sure. Um, so that's the first part, the baby-faced um, assassin. And um, the second part is called Ascension. It's about that 2015 Warriors run. So um, 2014 to 2015, it showcases kind of the Warriors taking that step. And not only just the Warriors, but mainly Steph Curry, because this is, you know, who the project is focused on. But mainly um, Steph's rise from a star player, a good player to an absolute, you know, icon within the league very quickly. I mean, it was a quick rise. And um, so it highlights his his rise, not only in, in uh, status on the court, but also his popularity off the court and then the Warriors success that followed. So that the second part was a lot of fun. I love, you know, I, I'm as much of a fan of this project as, as I am a creator of it because I've watched back the parts so many times myself. And just the way that the second part kind of concludes with the Warriors winning the championship and and the fans and Rick Barry was a great interview. It was so cool to me to speak to him. I was uh, it was just a, a great opportunity to sit down and talk to a, a Hall of Famer like that, and and just the the point of view that everybody was able to give on what that Warriors championship meant, mixed with the footage of Steph holding the trophy and things, it was just a perfect uh, summary of where the Warriors got to to that point. The thing I really liked about the front two parts, because I haven't seen the rest, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see the next one, and I want you to tell us when it's coming out. But the thing that stuck with me about it was the transformations. So like we we've gotten used to Steph's brilliance, um, you know, and he is on every NBA commercial now. He is mentioned on every show. I mean, we know who the fuck he is. But what you may forget is the transformations he did. He he transformed college basketball. Then he transformed himself after the injury, and then he transformed the worst franchise in the NBA into its model franchise. And I I. The way that you approached that, I thought was really clever, man. And I really enjoyed it. Um, all right, give me best part, worst part. Start with the worst. What was the worst part about putting this thing together? What's what's just a, a part that stuck out as a pain in the ass? 
Um, well, the worst part is the is uh, as far as the most painful part to work on is the part three, which is we'll speak on is uh 2016. Like part three is all about 2016. It uh-huh. is the beautiful tragedy of the 2016 Warriors <laughs> is what it is, and it's it's beautiful and fun, and then it's heartbreaking, and it's uh it's in production. Is it's 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 set to be released by Friday. It's on track, obviously. It's right in front of me. I could, I've been working on it all day, but it's um it's gonna be absolutely heartbreaking. But it's also important for the rest of the story. What's your CGI skills like? I mean, can you make it that they won the series? Is there some way we can keep Draymond in there? <laughs> and because I mean, I promise you, man, I'll get you 34 million views on that alone if we can have something uh, something play out in exactly that way. Pull best part, uh, best part so far has probably been. Oh man, that's tough. I I honestly I think it's the 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 way that they uh, the way that the part second part ended, putting together the Warriors winning that championship and just seeing what that meant to the city of Oakland and the Bay Area in general, San Francisco, like seeing that was uh was really cool. I really enjoyed the second part, but um I love the first part too. The the cuz it's it's the what I love about the first part is that's probably the least told part of Steph's story, which is that kind of People talk a little bit about his rookie year, but that first three years where he was really figuring things out and fighting through the injuries and things to, to really be able to dive in and, and tell a proper story about that time period was really cool to me because there's nothing like that out there right now. And I really enjoyed doing that. I'm going to ask you that question again in about, I don't know, a couple minutes. This time I'll be like talking to you, Bram. It was amazing. Just, just being able to get to know you. I mean, you don't have to force it. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how <laughs> it ultimately comes in. How many hours of footage do you think you've watched? You know, like all, all said and done, a hundred, five hundred. I mean, like what what goes into something like this? Man, I couldn't even tell you the amount of footage that's been watched. Not not even including the footage that's been used. But like for example, part one had about eight hours of footage that I kind of had all in front of me and was like, okay, I have to turn this into a thirty minute documentary. Like that was it's it's fun, a little intimidating, but like it's and like as, that's sorry. Um, it was about six hours of that was just interview footage but between the interviews of each of you and the interviews of um, various interviews I found of Steph himself and various other people. Like it was about six hours of interviews alone that had to be listened to, sorted through, and then uh, they're not even mentioning the footage. The, the footage was a lot. So it, it a lot goes into it for sure. Give a piece of advice to people who are listening and would like to have a successful YouTube channel or documentary of their own. What do you think, man? Someone, someone who wants to get into this business, what advice yeah. would you give them? What I always tell people about getting into YouTube because it's something people see and they're like, well, I could do that. Like, I would like to do that. And, you know, I, I, I'm fortunate to be able to do it full time and it's something I enjoy. Um, something that I feel like people um, should think about when they're getting into that space is make something and create something, no matter what it is that you yourself would enjoy. I, I think what kind of, a, if if you love it and you enjoy it and it's something that you're passionate about, then I guarantee somebody out there is going to feel that through your work and they're going to be attra- attracted to it as well. Um, this YouTube channel, I started it in 20, 2011 it, and I was about, th- I was, well, I don't even know what I was, 13 years old. So I, it was, there wasn't a lot, um, there wasn't a lot of thought process that went into how it started or anything else. And it, it's completely, it's changed probably four times since then, as far as the content and the quality and the, the branding itself, like it's, it's a long process and it's something that's going to change over time as your interests change and, and yourself changes as a person. But um, 
I'm a firm believer in the the passion is what brings the people. And you watch documentaries the same way now that you're making them. And here, I'll make it personal. Um, so we do this, this pod. I'm a member of pseudo of the media. I'm also an attorney. Yeah. So I speak for a living and I'm the type of douchebag where like, if I go to a wedding and people are giving speeches, I'm secretly judging them the entire time. Sometimes I'll like whisper something to my wife and she gets all pissy about it and tells me just to pay attention. So for you, you know, you're watching other documentaries. Can you turn off that part of your brain and just enjoy it? Or you know, do you judge it a little bit? Yeah, I was able to for a while. Now it's getting to the point where um, I do. It's not even judging as much as I'm like, especially because I don't really necessarily watch many documentaries um, that aren't by people who are like real pros, like that put them in films in uh, movie theater, uh, sorry, movie theaters or streaming platforms and things like that. Um, there is some great, great people on YouTube who do something similar to me. Not really anybody who does the stuff that I do about the topics I do, which I appreciate. But um as far as watching things and when I'm sitting down, I watch documentary because I'm still a big fan of, of documentary style content. Um, I do get caught not necessarily judging as much as taking notes and being like, oh, I like how they did that. I like. Wow. But I, I notice things more now, like before you're watching it um, and, and, and you're watching it as a fan. Now I watch it and I'm like, I like how they transition that there. And I like how they used it. They brought this music in at this part to really yeah. highlight the audience's emotion. Like I, I pick things up like that and. It's that way for me, even like it kind of reminds me of how it was for me watching basketball, having played at, at, a, at a, a collegiate sure. level is is you get caught watching the game, there, especially college basketball. The NBA is a, a completely different ball game, but watching college basketball, you're like, oh, like you're picking apart the sets and you're, you're yeah. noticing different people's tendencies. So it's kind of like that. Once you're in that field and you've kind of dove into it and you spent that much time in it, you just naturally kind of, of notice things that you didn't before. Once you've been doing something professionally for long enough for it to slow down and you know yeah. what other professionals are trying to do while they're venturing mm -hmm. into your space, you can yeah. see the manipulations, right? Like I, I will now, I'll listen to sports radio or even books on tape just to hear vocal inflections and how mm -hmm. people make points and then transition right. out, you know, and, and that <laughs> makes perfect sense that you would do the same thing within documentaries. Um, right. Tell us about the release schedule. So two are out, third one this Friday. I mean, give mm -hmm. us a sense, man. When when is this whole thing going to uh, make its way out and where do we find it? So we're looking at the third one coming out this Friday. That's the goal. It's going to be called Unanimous, the beautiful and tragic story of the 2016 Warriors. So that's coming out this Friday. It's um, it's going to be a, like I said, and just to plug it again, it's going to be a really beautiful piece. As a Warriors fan, you have to watch it even if you don't want to because it sets up everything that happens after that. And to me, after diving into this, it made, personally, as a as a Curry fan myself, it made the 2022 finals so much sweeter. After watching that, listening to so many hours of people criticizing Curry and criticizing the Warriors and the hate that they got for losing that championship, um, I know they ended up getting KD and winning those two rings, but that 2022 ring feels so much more special after you spent time watching and, and reliving 2016. So I'm excited about that. Um, that should be coming out this Friday. Um, after that, we're kind of at a crossroads with the release schedule. We're in between kind of two ideas. One is to release part four. Um, and then release the full project. The other is to just go ahead and make part four, put it together with uh, part five, which is already partially finished. Uh. 
and um, put the whole thing out at once next after part three, because the goal is to get it out before the season starts The kind of that's that's kind of our deadline is about the week before the regular season. I'd like to have the full project out. Um, so we have a few weeks to play with. Um, we're on schedule to get it done. It's 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 something that I'm I'm really pushing for. But if at the end of the day, that's kind of the goal is to have that out. So depending on the timetable for how four falls together, because part four is going to be a little bit shorter um, than the others have been. And uh, part five, I says partially done. So it might be part three drops this Friday. And then the next you see is maybe probably within the next three weeks would be the full project dropping, which I absolutely can't wait for the whole thing to come out and to be able to watch it from point A to point to like point A to point Z at this point, because it's going to be such a beautiful thing to watch and see it all come together. I, I'm really excited about it. For part three, right? And so you told us you're going deep diving 26 pages into YouTube, the whole nine yards finding footage. Were you able to unearth footage of LeBron calling the league and bitching to get Draymond suspended? Like, is that out there or no, there's not actual any tape of that or. I wasn't able to find it, but uh, <sighs> I, I don't want to like, uh, I'm trying to think who it was. Andy. So Andy from the Lightyear podcast, he had a great um take on the the Draymond LeBron situation and kind of his views on it. And it made me look at, at how LeBron handled it a little differently as a Warriors fan, you know, as a as a as a Curry, I always called myself more a Curry fan than a Warriors fan, but as a as a fan of the Dubs during that time and cheering for them to win the ring, I I didn't necessarily put as much thought into LeBron's tactic in getting Draymond that technical. Um, but it, the more I watched that footage today, you almost can see the light bulb go off. And he just said, well, maybe I'll just step over his shoulder and see what happens. So um, I think it was a desperate move by LeBron James. And I think it was one that, hey, hate the uh, can't hate the was hate the player, hate the game, something like that. Like it's, it seems like you can't really be mad at LeBron because they won him the ring. So I it, I can't I can't hate on him for it, but it, it was definitely a tactic that he pulled yeah, out of his no bag. Doubt. I mean, hard disagree there, Trice. I can fucking hate that guy. And I mean, it just is what it is. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, I, yeah, that is just the beginning of the things that I, right. I have built up as far as hatred for LeBron. Final right. question. All right. So okay. you have probably watched as much footage of Steph Curry as anybody who is not currently employed by an NBA film room, right? I mean, I, that you're on the other side of what sounds like right. you know, hundreds of fucking hours. But we also know you have watched hundreds of hours on other players. You, you've got a mm -hmm. bunch of documentaries out there and people from different eras into this one, the whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. So put them together for us. After watching footage of all these players and all these people, what is it that sets Steph apart? You know, what makes him special in your opinion? What uh, what sets Steph apart from any player that's ever played in the history of the game is the way that he changed it. And it's something that we talk about quite a bit in 2016. You gave a, an excellent uh, description of it that's going to be kind of fun to uh, to dive into during part three. But it the way that he took a game that had been established for years and did something that only great players do and took it and changed it forever. And not just at a pro level, but changed it for generations of kids who are coming up. Um, and you're seeing the fruits of that now with young players coming into the league that that mimic Steph Curry's style. It's something that's incredibly special. Now, we could go on and on about the on-court things that make him incredible as a player. And 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 I've I've like I said multiple times now I've been watching him for a long time and he 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 won me over as a fan and as a person a long time ago based on his play style and just 
Um, the idea of, you know, you there's very few people, and he's almost spoiled me for basketball forever because I don't know what I'm going to do when he retires. But to the fact that I can sit down and I can say, I don't know what's about to happen, and I'll be on the edge of my seat as long as 30's in the game with the ball in his hands, or even sometimes without the ball in his hands, and be able to say, I might see something I've never seen that's going to make me get out of my seat and cheer is something that I, I will always be thankful to him for, for the hours of, I'm thinking of so many moments right now of shots he's made that uh, me and I've got a younger brother who's a big Curry fan as well. And we would just like chest bump and going crazy, you know, and then also just moments where you're just sitting there like, there's no way he just did that. So the beyond the effect he's had off the court and what makes him special in that way on the court, is just the, the way that he is just, he's incredible. Uh, there's, I, we've never seen a player like him. I love that. Um, and I'll, I'll add a cherry on top of it. You know, it, really basketball is a television show, right? It's, it exists to sell commercials. Um, and it's not totally different than other television shows or movies or anything else. More than just a player. I think more than anyone else in my life, Steph has brought more joy into my living room than, you know, Denzel Washington, than any football player, than any baseball player, than any basketball player, than basically anybody at any point after I've been watching television for my whole goddamn life. And, and that's, that's a distinction. I think that you can only say about him, you know, we fast forward in 50 years, this is still going to be true. What, what he has done and what he means to the sport is so unique to him. Um, try. So I love your work. I am positive. I am not alone. For people out there who are listening, where do they turn? How how do we find everything that you've created? Where is it at? Right. So it's all available on my YouTube channel right now. It's on, uh, if you go on YouTube and just search my name, Trice, T-R-I-C-E, usually is the first thing that pops up. I think the official uh, YouTube handle, since they've added that in, is Trice uh, Official. That's the, that's so it'd be YouTube.com slash Trice Official is the, um, I guess you call it official hashtag, but normally if you just search Trice, it'll pop up. If it doesn't, Trice basketball, it'll definitely pop up. Like it's pretty easy to find, um, but you can go there. We've got hours. I'm talking about hours of original content. Um, this Steph Curry documentary alone is going to end up being probably an hour and 45 minutes when it's all put together, which I'm really excited about. Like that's quality content you could sit down and just enjoy um, at no cost to you. So it's it's ex it's extremely um exciting to to see that come out and i can't wait to see it come out but in the meantime as you're waiting for part three or as you're waiting for other parts that are going to be coming out um tune into some of the stuff we've done i mean there's like i said hours of original documentaries short films basketball content um for the app for any person who's a fan of the game to enjoy great stuff I mean, it, there, there's no real. So we're on the other side of almost 30 minutes of me kissing your ass. I have no reason to throw this out here now. It's great stuff, man. I, I have really enjoyed the first two pieces. I'm a little apprehensive about this next one, you know, I, and, unless you can add some of that CGI we talked about, but I'm I'm fired up to watch it. Uh, social media accounts, anything else we should be aware of? Yep. Social media, um, pretty well on Instagram. It's trice underscore high. So that's T-R-I-C-E underscore high. And the two eyes are ones in that name. Uh, you can find me there um, or just search trice high and you'll find my name will pop up. It's trice T-R-I-C-E high H-I-G-H. That's my uh, full government right there. And then Instagram, the same thing, trice dot high. And um, I also have an official website you can check out for future projects and updates on things. I even have a couple projects 
that are specifically uploaded to that website. So that's something cool you can check out as well. It's productionsbytrice.com. You know what else is out there? This will help prove that I stocked you getting ready for today is your highlights as a yeah. CSU men's basketball player, uh, yeah. which I, so I was both entertained to watch and then also entertained to thinking if you've ever watched them, you thought I could probably do a better job in putting these highlights together just because, you know, <laughs> it's not, there's not like a super fancy documentary no. style that they, that they, there's did. Not. um, Trice. That's funny. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you joining us. Hey. Appreciate you including me in the doc and the whole Definitely. nine words. Just, just good work, man. Definitely. And as I, as I said, off camera, I'll say it again, your contribution to the project was took it to another level, both with your stories and, and the, uh, the passion you put into the subject. You could tell you were a big, you, you could feel the fandom coming out. Um, so I appreciated you taking the time to sit down and I appreciate you having me on the show, man. This is, this has been great. Come on, dude. My pleasure. And I've been trying, I mean, I'm, I've spent this entire time trying to get you to say that. So we got there, you know, perfect place to end. <laughs> Appreciate you. Make sure, guys, make sure you get out there and check out this documentary. If you're a Warriors fan, if you're a Steph Curry fan, if you're just a documentary fan, it's absolutely worth the time. Um, for us, you know where to reach us. I won't drag you back through the social media accounts. Instead, I'll remind you, you want to get me an email, let me know you did a good job, bad job, any job, shoot that to huddle at warriorshuddle.com. With that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, see you real soon. Good, good.